Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Don't Miss This Podcast, a Come Follow Me study with Emily Bell Freeman and David Butler. We fill this show up with all the things we think you don't want to miss in the scriptures every week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome. I am David Butler. I'm Emily Freeman. This is Don't Miss This. Uh, we're so glad everybody is here. First thing is we have a lot of new people who are joining with us for the Book of Mormon year. Which we're super excited yeah. about. Yeah, welcome, welcome, welcome. And we didn't, like, uh, so we want to introduce again. <laughs> I don't know why I got stumbled on those words, but I did. Um, so we are good friends, and, uh, and we have taught um, institute and seminary for lots of years. Lots of years. And, and we so, love it. We yeah. love teaching. It's our favorite thing to do. So that is one thing we have in common. Yeah. We also love the scriptures. So if you're new to us, you're going to quickly realize that you're going to hear all throughout these videos. We love this part. We love this verse. We love this scripture. We just, we love the scriptures. So we're super yeah. excited to be studying with you. So that's how we met is through teaching. Um, I taught Emily's son in seminary. Um, and lots Grace. of years ago, and yeah, Megan. but like first, oh, you know, that's how I, <laughs> like, wait, what about I, all my other Sorry, days? I love y'all too, yeah, just so you know. And then, and we still teach institute at UVU and seminary at Lee, um, Sky Ridge. And, uh, anyways, so that's how we met, that's who we are. Where it's I'm, fun to talk about our families a yeah, little bit. I'm married to Jenny, and we have six kids from ages 15 down to five, and we live in Lehigh. And, and I am married to Greg, and we have five kids. And who even knows how old they are? My youngest is on a mission in Sacramento, Grace. And so she would be 19. And I think Caleb is like 28 or 29. And he's in Omaha and all um, the ages in between there. Yeah. So that's super fun. So I kind of have older kids that have left the house. David has younger kids that are all home. In as, the house. As we are teaching, we want to keep all those ages in mind. So you're going to notice that we um, this is going to encompass a lot of different ages. So last year, um, sorry, last year we uh, just on a whim decided that we would just throw together this thing when the Come Follow Me resource kind of came out as as part of, you know, the two-hour church and all of that. And uh, over this past year, we've gathered this community of people that were... We love, yeah, we love we just, all of you yeah, so much. We love really... talking to you and um, meeting you places. And we thought we would just do, we would throw up a couple of videos that were going to be like 10, 15 minutes each at the beginning of last year. And then it kind of blew up to where it is today. And so now the style of these videos is more like a, like the length of an institute class. And you can use it however you want. We're going to just teach you as much as we can from, we follow the schedule of the Come Follow Me resource. Yep, the curriculum. Yeah. And so that's how our chapters are divided up. You will find that we give the videos out two weeks before you learn it in church. We do um, that on purpose. I know that's confusing if you're new to us, but it will make sense. Um, our hope is to give you a lot of information to study the week before you are going to teach your family on Sunday, which for most people is the Sunday before we learn about it in church so that you're prepared to have a discussion in church about it. So yeah. we're two weeks ahead of where you will be in church and you just listen whenever you want. We, we want to be ahead of you. That's our goal. Yeah. We want to stay ahead of where you are and you use the videos whenever you want. Yeah. So if you want to watch them on the Sunday that you do it in church, 
segments or together as a family or as a group, awesome. If you want to study it ahead of time, fantastic. We just want to be ahead so that everybody can use it however they want. And we love this. We, we love finding out who you are and where you're studying and who you're studying with. We've talked a lot about the group of soldiers in Afghanistan who's watching, and we just love thinking about that group. Um, we've talked to a lot of empty nesters who have groups like on Tuesday nights or Wednesday nights that they listen together. We know there's families with teenage kids. We know there's moms with young kids who study and get all their learning done and then use it. Um, I got a cute email last night I haven't even told you about from a woman who wrote and said what she missed most last year was having the opportunity to study with someone. She was so lonely studying by herself and just sent a little email that said, I just want you to know I've welcomed you and David into my family and I'll be studying. Come follow me with you. And it just, it made my heart so happy to think of all of us studying all over the world together and just doing our best to follow the call of a profit. Yeah. And we hope that this video is just kind of a jumping off point for yep. more discussion and more talking and groups and families and, and stuff like that, which is cool. And we didn't even talk about all our young single adult friends. Oh, we love like We love our young single Brad, adult friends. Brad, shout out to you. Okay. <laughs> awesome. So um, let's talk about what's new this year. What, okay. If, you're, if you've been with us last year, um, some things that you can look at that we're doing this year. So last year, the number one comment we got is everybody wanted the study sheets, which we use right here bound so you didn't lose them all over your house plus a lot of you were like me and you hated printing them out every week and what if your printer didn't have ink and it just was problematic for a million of you so this so we year put together this study journal for this year it has all of the the study guide sheets like kind of like the follow along things for each of the weeks with a note page and other things we talked about last in the previous so video. Go back last so go back and look at that. Find out all about So that's that. the study journal. Okay. Um, this and then, week new, not in this week, this yeah, year. This year new. Um, because we had a lot of you who were like, wait a minute, I liked printing something off every week. And we are so proud of you for being so organized and <laughs> able to do that. And we actually love giving you something that is for free that just helps with your studies. So we've been brainstorming for several months. What could we do? And we had the opportunity, Desert Book asked if we would write this book, which is a devotional book. And if you've got one, you notice that we, there are just tiny little stories or insights here for every single chapter in the Book of Mormon. So last week, there were seven devotionals you could read. This week, because it's only eight through 10, there will just be eight, nine, and 10 that you will read. And it gives you a little question to, to just kind of um, start a discussion in your home. A lot of you told us what you wanted help with was coming up with questions that were good questions you could discuss with your kids. And the more we talk to people, we realize that really was a need. And particularly as we talk to teenagers and teenage boys in particular, they just they didn't just want a question. They wanted a challenge or an invitation or something to um, apply what they were learning. So we thought it'd be super fun to make these cards um, this is how we're going to both use them in our house. So that's how they're designed. We're going to cut out the cards and just leave them at the kitchen table. That's where we do scripture study is in the kitchen. And we kind of gather together or maybe in the family room, wherever you do that. Cut them out every single week and you'll just pull out. We will always do five cards. Even if there's not five chapters that week, we will do five cards. Uh, we like to study Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then one weekend night. We feel like um, whether it's Friday night, Saturday night, or Sunday, we get everybody together. So you've got five cards. Every card's going to have one verse that you can read. 
And then it's going to have a discussion question that jumps off from that verse. And then there's going to be a challenge at the bottom. So every day you just have a quick five minute, which is why we're calling it Take Five, just a quick five minute, gather everybody together and say, this is what I want you to be thinking about today. Um, as you're preparing for your Sunday, come follow me study or Monday or whenever you do your big study. So we hope you love these. These um, complement this. Um, so they'll, they'll be pulling from the questions that are in this book. Um, these will have devotionals. Yeah, if you want like something a little bit more. But this right here is just... Like, this was revolutionary for our family um, with the whole, like, a age range of, of kids because it's, uh, we used to do, like, a chapter a day, and then I realized, and if you do that and it's working, fantastic. But for us, it was a disaster, and nobody even knew what the chapter was about, and it just wasn't going well. And so, you know, we started having just, let's just take one or two verses and have a discussion about those, and it was revolutionary for our scripture study and uh, so this is something that, like, we designed for ourselves. <laughs> we and we're sharing it. it. And we're sharing yeah. it with you. And hopefully yeah. it's great. So you will find this in the newsletter every single week as a download that you can print out. Um, and if you need to find the newsletter, emilybellfreeman.com. Bell with an E at the end of it. And then you'll find the right place. And you just sign up for the newsletter. And it will come to you every week with these and also teaching tips if you're studying as a couple or an individual, there's a tip for you. Um, tips for teens, which are generally pretty fun. And then tips for kids also. So if you just are like, I just need something, an object lesson or something that's going to bring this to life, you're going to find that in the newsletter. Okay. Um, so should we talk about January 11th? Yeah. Okay. Okay, and one last thing. If you're watching this before January 11th, we are filming a live don't miss this, but those tickets are already gone. But just so you know, that's happening. So in a coming week, when you see us with a different background, that's why. But on January 11th, if you're local at the Salt Lake City like Downtown. Deseret Book, the flagship Deseret Bookstore, um, we are doing just a, a meet and greet and book signing. We're hoping a bunch of journals are there if you haven't had a chance to get one yet. Because we don't have ours. Yeah, we're hoping ours are going to be Megan's. there. Um, yeah. And so we're doing that from, is it starting at 1? Mm -hmm. Starting at 1 to 3. Yep. Come down and see us. Bring yeah. your journals down if you want to. We'll be signing books. We would yeah. love to just happy to meet, to meet everybody. We, we just want to do a meeting you. thing. Yeah. So. It would be so fun to all be together. And then let's talk about this too. Um, Usually these videos go up at 6 a.m. on Monday, two weeks before, and we're pretty consistent about that. Like, I don't think we've ever missed. So don't be shocked on the 13th. It's the 13th, right? Yeah. Is that Monday? Yeah. Don't be shocked on the 13th because we have the funnest surprise for you. But it is going to require us to record that day, actually, on the 13th in the afternoon, and we will publish that video or whatever is the right word for that, we will send you that newsletter that evening. So don't ready. panic. As soon as it is ready, and you guys are going to love it, you're going to be so happy about it. It's going to be so fun. We've got a couple new things up our sleeve for you this year. Uh, the conversation cards are one, um, but then every so often we're going to be doing something really fun and unique. And this one will be January 13th. So don't panic when the newsletter comes out later than expected. But same day, just later. Okay. So fun. Let's, all right. Hopefully that answered all the questions for everybody who's new. We're so glad y'all are here. For people who are, who've been with us for a while, thanks for hanging in through that double introduction. 
that we just did. Okay, now let's jump into the chapters. We are in 1 Nephi 8 through 10 today, which is the first of two discussions or like scripture blocks about the tree of life vision. Actually, it happens twice. The very first time it happens to um, Lehi. Lehi actually has the vision and then tells his kids about it. And then in a couple chapters, um, Nephi is going to have the same vision, um, but expanded because he gets a tour guide through his. So it's a little more expanded. So in the journal pages, you're going to notice for 1 Nephi 8 through 10, it's a bunch of symbols that you're going to find in the vision. Then next time you're going to find it super similar. And they talk about different things, which is each of the symbols in both of them. Um, and so we will too. But you're going to notice that both those pages look really similar to each other because of that. It's kind of like a, um, it's a repeat of them. And we did that on purpose because we want you to see what's similar between 8 and 11, but also what's different. What is the expanded knowledge? And we figured this is going to be the best way yeah. to do that. 11 really is like the extension like the what's the thing on the dvd you know when they have like the expanded version it's the director's cut in 11 so eight is kind of neat because it leaves it um very uh like just the symbolic vision and there's not much explanation about it through the thing and so it kind of gives you a chance to experience it the way lehi would have experienced it the first time and then the second time you get an angelic and a spiritual like tour guide to kind of like flesh it out a little bit for you. So it's neat that it happens first. And it's like, this is, you know, kind of exactly what happened. And there's a couple of things we want you to notice before you even get into the vision. Um, I'm going to talk about one and David will talk about another that you just want to be keeping track of. As this vision starts, it's so interesting because um, Lehi has the vision when he's in the wilderness. They're there, right? They're in this wilderness place. And um, in verse four, he tells us. And I was thinking this this morning because I was like, I thought, why, why all of, why a tree, why a rod, why a path, why a river, why a building? Yeah. And I was like, because you could pick anything to symbolize what he's trying to show. Yes. And then I read this morning where he's like, we gathered up fruit and seeds of every kind. And then all of a sudden he has this vision about yes. fruit. I was like, is this like this is what? what's on his mind? This and because they're out mind. in the wilderness. Yes, anyway, it's just the, like, the way, right? He's like, I need a path. I need a yeah, rod. You would relate to it. I'm sleeping like, in a tent. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Um, but it's also interesting because in verse four, he starts out and he says, I saw in my dream, a dark and dreary wilderness. And I love that that is the way this dream starts out for Nephi, or for Lehi, um, is to say, this is what I thought I saw. Um, and this is where I was when I started seeing it. And every time I read it, it makes me think this, are you in a dark and dreary wilderness place? Because if you are, there are answers in this chapter for you. And it's just a good way to to enter into the dream is just to think, what's what's my wilderness place right now? What does it look like? And how is this about to help me personally? Yeah, and to think that, um, like we consider Lehi to be a pretty good guy, you know? And to think that the very beginning of this vision for him is to find himself in this place and this, um, this being who's in a white robe that he follows for several hours mm -hmm. and he still doesn't find his way out of that place. It just is, um, I think it's super comforting to read that and see like, oh, okay, if I'm in a dark and dreary place, if I'm lost, if I'm confused, if, if I it's feel been, like I've been hours, there for a long time, yeah, then yeah. 
welcome to the club. Yeah. And it's nice that it's a, it's someone that we admire and look up to and we're thinking like, oh, okay. It seems in this vision that everybody is going to find themselves Somewhere. In, in that place, mm-hmm. you know? And I love too in verse 8 um, that he says, it was after I had traveled for this long time in darkness that I began to pray unto the Lord. And then remember how we were going to watch for tender mercies through the entire Book of Mormon. Here is going to be one of the places where you want to just make note of that. He says, and I prayed to the Lord that he would have mercy on me according to the multitude of his tender mercies. So I, I love that he just goes right back to that place of what the promise had been from um, the beginning and always is through scripture, right? The, the Lord is going to be merciful. He's going to deliver us. He is going to watch over us. It doesn't matter where we are or what's happening in our life yeah. um, that he's going to lead us through and it's going to be through a multitude of tender mercies that and, that's going to happen. And the neat thing is right here, what is the tender mercy is that he starts to see things that he hasn't seen before. Like that was the tender mercy, not necessarily deliverance from the darkness, but now all of a sudden he gets new vision and he gets new perspective. And don't you love that about this, this mm-hmm. vision is that it's not like here it all is, but it's just like, and then I you was just here. Start, and then I saw this, and then, and I, then I saw this, yep. and then I saw this, and then I saw this, and you're like, oh, he keeps getting this new perspective and these new, you know, uh, bits of information and revelation that are given to him, you know, And you in love, that too, place. that the dream is not the answer. It's not like, and then this is what's going to happen. The dream is almost, here's how you're going to get through this wilderness experience. That's what I'm giving you, is how to get through because what you're about to do is going to be hard. Let me give you some things that are going to help you navigate what you're about to do. Okay. Do we want to talk about family? Yeah, we do. Okay. One of the things that we love about uh, this vision is that it's it's a family. It's kind of like a family dream. Um, right when it's over, he says, here, everybody in the family gathered together because I want to talk to you about this. But in the vision, the characters that are by name are his individual family. And we love what chapter 8 teaches about family, right? And and whether that's uh, blood family or whether that's like, you know, that broader sense of like the human family and the people that you have connections with. Your faith community. Right, or whatever the, the that. people you minister to. But this is a vision that includes groups of people, right? It's not an individual person's journey and neither is our life's journey. It's not meant to be, you know, individual. It's meant to be taken together as groups. I was kind of, this is kind of weird. But I was, are you nervous? Yeah, I'm so nervous right now. <laughs> I was thinking about this the other day because, like, um, you know what, like, um, we just got Disney Plus and it has the National Geographic. Um, and there was this elephant that was born. And elephants, like, walk, like, one second after they're born. Yeah. Like, they start moving, you just know? It's crazy because they're so big. How do their knees even know how? Yeah, they just go. And you're like, you're like two days old. But a newborn, like, two-day-old baby, like, can do nothing. You know, like babe, human people can't do anything for like, they're 100% reliant, you know, for the, at the beginning of their life. And I was like, I wonder if that is why we need each other so much. Like mm-hmm. from the very beginning, we need other people. Um, like humans are different that way. And I love that this is a, this is a everybody experience. This is a group journey. But we, as we, here's a couple things that we thought about as we um, look at it. You remember that he... Um, takes the fruit of the tree and then starts looking for his family right away. Um, and in verse 15, well, at the end of verse 14, 
He looks at his family and he notices that they um, knew not whither they should go. Then he looks at members of his family and he says, and he notices, wow, they are lost also. Which is cool because a couple verses ago, that's where he was. You know, so all of a sudden there's going to be this empathy and this like, oh wait, I've been there. I have been in that place where you have been. Um, And you might be uh, saying to yourself, like, I have kids, I have neighbors, I have friends who don't know where they should go. They're lost and, and, and my heart aches for them, particularly because I know what that feels like mm-hmm. because I've been there before. And in 15, he does a couple of things. One, he beckons unto them. Um, he does something about it, but not just beckoning. He does it with a loud voice. And what he says is, I want you to come unto me. Isn't that interesting that he's just like, come, let's walk this journey together because I'm on it also. Not just like, I'm not just going to direct you and tell you what to do, but he's just like, come on, let's walk this path together. Like take advantage Mm -hmm. of what I've learned and let me learn from you. Um, And then where was that other one that we loved? And then it's um, at 37. Oh yeah. If you go all the way down to 37. So in that first verse, he's yelling at them with a loud voice. He's got a lot of passion. Which always makes me feel good because I don't know how many of you have loud voices or do right now while your kids are little. (laughs) My oldest son, Caleb, is a super just tender child. And he did not like my loud voice to get out. And he actually called it my mad voice. And after one time when he and Josh had been fighting and I... Sat them both down and used, what what does it say about Lehi? And it, I talked to them with a loud voice. <laughs> Caleb said to me, he's probably like four years old, Mom, you got to tell me when your mad voice is about to come out <laughs> because it scares me. And so I would, from then on, I would say to Caleb, my mad voice is about to come out. And he would stop whatever he was doing. Don't you wish every child had been like that? I'm about to get out my mad voice. <laughs> So you can sometimes have to use that, which is natural. And I and I remember learning this um, one time from a, a therapist who said that um, anger is always a like a secondary emotion. It comes after fear. fear. Or I comes knew you after, were going to say you know, fear. It is for sure fear. That all of a sudden he's like, <gasps> and then he like speaks loud. So he's speaking with passion because he's been there and he's got, it's a heartfelt. Sometimes we respond in that really heartfelt, loud way. And then 37... <laughs> After the vision is over, he's yelling in the dream. But when the vision is over, he's sitting down with um, Laman and Lemuel. In 36, he actually says, I really feared for some of you when I was in this vision. And he said, I exhorted them with all the feelings of a tender parent. Um, That's when his tender voice um, came out. And his hope is that perhaps um, they would find the Lord's tender mercies in their life also. and then, this is interesting because in 38 it says, and then at the end, he did cease speaking to them. Um, and you're like, oh, then it's over. But it's awesome because you go over to chapter 10 and Nephi says, and then after he was done with that, he talked to them about, and chapter 10 is all <laughs> this. Like, yeah. But we love that there is that moment of pause, right? right. It tells us after he had preached and also prophesied about a few things, he stopped talking to them. And I think that's good counsel for us as parents to realize sometimes there is a moment for teaching and sometimes there is a moment for silence Mm -hmm. and just letting what you have taught sink in for a minute before 
you pick it back up again. Right. And what he picks back up is a, is a different topic, right? In chapter 10. Chapter 10 will be the first like full-length prophecy in the Book of Mormon we get about um, Jesus Christ. Where it's like, here's a little bit about his life. Here's about his, his um, some of his ministry. Um, that he was resurrected from the grave. So chapter 10 is almost like your first. You're going to find several sermons in the Book of Mormon um, that give credence to calling the Book of Mormon another testament of Jesus Christ because there is just like almost like this doctrinal like like discourse on the life of Jesus. P.S. There's a little bonus mm-hmm. for chapter 10. Um, so we love what it teaches about family and you'll find more stuff as as you go and look through. In fact, let's just throw this out right here. We'll put this in the in the newsletter as the idea in case you forget. Um, but something fun to do with this vision is just to start right at the very beginning and give everyone a blank piece of paper and and just draw it as as you read it. Like we don't know what it looks like. You might have like the living scriptures cartoon in your mind if you saw those <laughs> or whatever. Like that's what it looks like, but we don't know. So it's fun to let everybody kind of draw it the way they hear it and the way that they are like envisioning it. This is something that's supposed to be um, visual pictured. Yeah. yeah it, you want to picture. see it as you go. So it's so. fun if everybody draws it as you speak it. Um, one of the things that you're going to want to do as you go through, um, and, and you'll, we'll look this week and we're going to look way more next week. What's the symbolism? What does everything represent? And what do you want to be finding in that? Um, and you'll, you'll see that as you're doing your study. One thing that we love. And let yourself have the question right now, because chapter 11, why we get all the answers for what the things mean is because Nephi asked the questions. And so it's good to sit in question place for a second like huh, i wonder what that means why a tree yeah of all things why a tree and, and what could fruit? it be and what why why is there an eating symbol yeah and why is there like a you know a building it, it, why is it floating why it's good to like not have answers yet as you question okay what are you saying we love this too for um you're going to notice that for every tactic of the adversary so for the mist and for the river that um, is going to be a, end up being a filthy river, and for the building, um, there is um, an answer from the Lord. There's a, a place of safety from the Lord for every single tactic of the adversary. And we want you, as you're reading through, to match those up, to go through and say, okay, for the river, um, there was a path, right? For the mist, there was a rod of iron. Um, for the building, there was actually also a tree. And you got to choose, right? You got to choose which place you would go in. Every person walked that journey. But you just love that for every single step, um, for whatever was going to be the hard thing, there was also the good thing in yeah. combination with it. Yeah. And the one for me was we were talking about this before we started. Like some of these are pretty easy. Like how do you not fall in the river? Oh, duh. Stay on the path. How do you not, like, what do you do if you can't see? Like, oh, yeah, duh, you hold on to something. It's interesting that, like, the, the difference, like, the building and the tree, they talk about this building as being, like, really big. And in my mind, it looks like one of the casinos on the Strip in Las Vegas, you know, that really captures your mind and attention and imagination. Like, you look at them and you're just like, whoa, you know, and they just really awe you. Um, and that is what the tree is supposed to do also. If you look at the description of the fruit of the tree, it's meant to capture your heart, you know, capture your attention and your imagination. Um, something's got to be stronger than like the voices that are going to come 
you know, from that building. And so I, I like And it's fun to study comparison. what is the tree. And we're going to give you a hint, but we're going to not really talk about it in detail till next week. But your hint's going to come from Elder Bednar. The conference talk you want to search is Lehi's dream. And that's going to give you some really good perspective on what is going on there with the tree and um, the fruit in detail. Um, as we jump into this next little part we want to talk about, we're going to talk a little bit about what the tree is. But we we would love it if you had time to go into Elder Bednar's talk and, and thought about maybe things that you haven't um, thought about before. There's four groups in this dream that we watch. We want to focus on two of them, but we want to make sure you know um, that there are four that you're kind of looking for as you go through. And you're going to meet them starting in verse 20, 21. He's going to talk to you about these people who are walking now through this wilderness place and what's happening. And um, there's one group that just right off the bat, they start, but they wander off and they get lost. That's going to be one group that we're not going to focus on, but that does happen. And the other group um, is... A group that gets um, that's filling their way and it's interesting because most of them start off going for the tree but there's one group that just starts off going for the building right off the bat and they um, they lose their way and are drowned in the depths of um, the fountain and the, yeah, the get lost from the there. view yeah and in the river that's there which is always interesting to me that um, when the building is there it already has people in it but people who try to get to it never make it to it you know, that's one thing. Last time I was reading through, I was just like, wait. Um, Why can't it's they get an, there? It's an illusion. Like, yeah. you you never can make it. People think that they're going to make it to that building, and they actually never do. Like, what it promises, what its appeal is, isn't actually accurate. Like, you never actually, no one act, no one ever makes it. Because there's a river that divides so between the two. so interesting, yes. And it's this floating thing, too. It makes you, like, feel yeah, like. Yeah, there's no foundation. Yeah. Yeah. That's and so you're like, good. the building can't be that good. Because, like, all anybody does in it is laugh at people who aren't in it. You know, it's like, is there no, like, bowling alley inside? Like, why is it not? It's not fun. Like, what? why are why you all... Why is everyone looking out the window? Yeah, if it's so awesome, go inside. Like, yeah. what's so, like, could you imagine, like, Disney World, if everyone was at the gate laughing at everyone who wasn't inside? Like, ha, ha, And you're like, are there no roller coasters in there? Like, is that the funnest thing to do? This doesn't make any sense. Yeah. That's so those are the good two groups. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then there's two groups that are really similar, and we want to focus on those for just a minute. So we're going to meet the first group in 24, and we left you a spot to, to write about these two groups right here. What's similar? That's what we want you to notice first, and then we want you to notice what's different. So in 24, it tells us they um, were pressing forward. Okay, and an awesome thing to do here is close your eyes and like try and envision it. Remember, this is something that he saw, and you're going to catch the similarities and differences if you can, like, watch it. Watch it. Mm -hmm. So everybody, try and watch it. So they were pressing forward, and they came forth and caught hold of the end of the rod of iron, and they did press forward through the mist of darkness, clinging to the rod of iron, even till they did come forth and partake of the fruit of the tree. Okay, that's one group. The second group is in verse 30. It Wait, says, and then should we say what happened? Or, no, no, okay, let's okay. save it. Let's save okay. it because that'll be the different thing. So we're going to first look at the similars. Um, in verse 30, but to be short in writing, behold, he saw other multitudes pressing forward, and they came and caught hold of the end of the rod of iron, 
and they did press their way forward, continually holding fast to the rod of iron, okay? When you read those two verses, you're like, that sounds exactly the same. You almost can't tell the difference. Um, there's, there's two words that maybe are different, clinging and continually holding fast to, but they're, they're very similar in what happens. And then comes the difference. Um, at the end of 24, it says the first group, until they did come forth and partake of the fruit of the tree. Okay, that's what happens next. The second group, it's so interesting because it says until they came forth, and then there's going to be three extra words right here that are not in the first group, and fell down and then partook of the fruit of the tree. Okay, there's two different. Now let's just pause there for a minute and think. I was teaching this in seminary one year and I had read through it and it was um, in the fall because it was the beginning of the Book of Mormon year. So it was fall, which is harvest time. And in our backyard, we have three peach trees and we love peaches and the peaches had come on and there's way too many for our family. But my brother lives across the street from us and they love peaches too. And so I had invited his daughter to come and pick the peaches with me. And she was little, she was like four. Um, or five at the time. She wasn't in school yet. And she came over and she was so cute and responsible about picking the fruit that I stopped picking and actually started taking pictures of her picking the fruit because she's so tiny and she would have to reach up so high to get this fruit. And as I was watching her reach up to get the fruit, I just that morning been studying this and I was like, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense. Why would you fall down to get the fruit? Because the, the image of Maisie was a reaching up image and it didn't make sense. So as soon as we were done picking the trees, I went in the house and I was like, there's, there's something going on here that doesn't make sense because why would you fall down in order to access the fruit of that? And as I thought about it, then I remembered a conversation I had had with a friend of mine in, um, a little bit of time before where we had been studying the word gratitude and she had called me up and said, did you know that besides the synonyms for gratitude, there are two phrases that are synonymous for gratitude and it is to fall down and never forget. And so then I started thinking about, okay, that's interesting. There is falling down again. That becomes an important part of this dream and of that one group of people. So would be fun to talk about what is the tree. Yeah, and keep in mind the the difference between the two groups. We didn't move on in in the verses, but uh, the one that falls down is the one that stays, and the one that gets there and just partakes of the fruit is the one that eventually hears the words of the building and and tries to leave. And let's talk about that for a minute. You know? Let's talk about Elder Packer right now before we go to that other one because this would be such a great place. Um, so it's interesting because you'll read in verse twenty five. In 24, they did come forth and partake of the fruit of the tree. And after, I have that circled in my scriptures. And after they had partaken of the fruit of the, the tree, they did cast their eyes about as if they were ashamed. Um, and then they will end up leaving. And Elder Packer, in a talk that he gave at BYU many years ago, said this, One word in the dream or vision should have special meaning to you. The word is after. It was after the people had found the tree that they became ashamed. And because of the mockery of the world, they fell away. At your baptism and confirmation, you took hold of the, rod, the iron rod, but you are never safe. 
It is after you have partaken of that fruit that your test will come. And then I love this um, that he says at the end, you who are young will see many things that will try your courage and test your faith. All of the mocking does not come from outside of the church. Let me say that again. All of the mocking does not come from outside of the church. Be careful that you do not fall into the category of mocking. So it's so interesting and we love, um, we love the thought of just taking a minute as you're looking at the two groups to mark that word after in your scriptures and, and, let, and let your family or let the group you're studying with think about why did that happen? They, they chose the rod, they clung to it, they partook of the fruit, and then it was after that everything kind of fell apart. And we think the important part becomes those three words, and fell down. Right. So when you vision it, and, and this is what happened to me the first time um, that I saw it. Like, it's because I was like watching it. And if you're driving, don't close your eyes and watch it right now if you're doing the <laughs> podcast. But um, I was like, wait, why do you, you don't, too. yeah, it's like, you don't fall down, like right when you're about to eat fruit. And then it's in chapter 11, when you get Nephi's version of the vision, that we learn what the tree actually is. And the tree is not a tree at all, but it is Jesus. And when you know that, then all of a sudden you're like, huh, the group that stays actually falls down at the feet of Jesus. The group that stays, and, and, I, and, and maybe that emotion is gratitude, and maybe that is never forgetting, but that's like a... In all my meetings of people, I've never fallen down when I've met someone before. Mm -hmm. Like I just, you know, like I do, there is something really radical going on in somebody's heart and soul if they fall down at the feet of somebody. Someone. And that's exactly what's happening with that, that group that stays is falling down at the feet of Jesus. And just a little hint, a bonus for when we get into 11, you start watching how many times in the vision that Nephi sees of the life of Jesus, how often people fall down. And, and think about that from last, I almost said semester, uh, from, <laughs> last year. Uh, from last year, that when people, right at the birth, you know, there's shepherds falling, you know, down. There's wise men who fall down. There are lepers who fall down. There, there's the, you know, the, the, the woman um, in adultery falls down at his feet. You just see that everywhere and, and you want to maybe ask yourself the question what is it that these people are experiencing and feeling that would cause them to fall down you know at mm -hmm. at jesus's feet i have written in my scriptures right at the top margin there is a difference between partaking of the fruit and worshiping at his feet and just thinking about um, why did that play such an important role in the difference between these two groups of people? Yeah, and, and, and just you reading that just made me think about, like, if you were to picture, like, let's, let's take it out of the vision and into real life and say, what's a person look like if they're on the path and holding on to the rod, you know? Like, I feel like you could go to a, any Sunday school class or any sacrament meeting, and that's what you would see. It's like all these people are on the path. They've been, you know, they're, they're, holding, the they're holding the rod. They've entered to covenant relationship. They're, they all on the outside look identical. And so did these two groups. But it's what's happening on the inside that's, that's very different. And it made me think, are there some people who are trying to get what Jesus has to offer? Like, I just want what you have to offer. And, and it's almost some... the difference between like a checklist I'm doing, I'm right, going through right. the motions, 
and as someone who has to... like a relationship mm-hmm. with him, right? That seems to be the difference. When they got to the tree, they knew who he was and they had feelings for him and emotions for him and they fell down in love and gratitude and honor and respect and they already knew him before they ever got you know to the tree and that is that's clear in in what happens i think it's important too i had the opportunity a couple weeks ago um in a conversation that i was having to be talking about this difference between a, a checklist relationship with the church and actually a relationship with jesus christ And in the midst of that conversation, I felt prompted to ask a question, which was, who is Jesus Christ to you? Like, who is he? And how does that affect your everyday life? But how often are you in relationship with him throughout the day? Which was interesting. The conversation that followed that was a super interesting conversation because in my life, and those of you who have spent time with us or who know me know um, I am in relationship with Jesus all day long. It is a constant. I'm thinking about him all the time. I'm talking about him all the time. I have a friend who is not a religious person, and he says to me all the time, you have a Jesus thing. I don't know if anyone's <laughs> ever told you before, but you have a Jesus thing. And it's true. It, I talk about him as much as I talk about my kids or or my husband, Greg. Or it, He just has become part of our life. And as I talked with this friend, I was like, is that how Jesus is for you? Or is it an end goal situation? And how do we make that relationship sweet? How do we come to know him in the everyday, ordinary moments? Like, who is Jesus to you? Yeah, and you just used a word that Lehi uses to describe the fruit. And I, I don't want the fruit to be like, um, oh, I got heaven or I got my mansion one day. You know, that's not what it is. Mm-hmm. It's that relationship is sweet above all that is sweet. That relationship is pure above all that is pure. That is what's going to fascinate and draw your heart is being in relationship with him. That is what's that building is so alluring. And President Packer said, um, it says this vision's really fluid. That building is now on top of the path. It's not over to the side because of um, internet and TV. Like it now we have to walk through it, you know, it's part of, but it's that, that relationship with him is going to be the only thing that's going to draw us. You. And yeah. yeah, and be careful as you do the vision and you start to assign like, okay, what's the rod? And you're like, oh, it's the word of God. What's the path? It's the gospel path. What's the, and it's just like, I think everything in the vision is him. Yeah, I do too. He is the rod. And, and it's is what the increases way. relationship with him. So right. if, if you want the rod to be the scriptures, well, it, this is his word. This is his people in relationship with him. This is watching people interact with Jesus. That's the rod. Right. It can't be, I read my scriptures. It's got to be like the scriptures drew me closer to him. That is what holding on to the rod, right? It can't be like, I walked the path. I did all the things that you're supposed to do. I entered into all the covenants. Yeah, it's I went like, to no, church. I did my two hours. Yeah, no, it's, but where did you find Jesus yeah, in those two him. hours? Yeah. How, how did that change your relationship with Jesus? How did the temple change your relationship with Jesus? Everything becomes about relationship with him. That's what we're trying to learn, which becomes so important. Um, You're gonna notice in your journals on those study sheets, if you're doing them, that 
Um, it talks about with a surprise appearance from chapter 11 at the top. And that's because we really want you to read 8 and 11 next to each other. Even though it's next week's reading, just allow yourself a surprise appearance from that <laughs> one chapter into this week. And in particular, what we want you to be watching for are three things in that story. And we, we actually put them on here in, in eight. The bottom two. So yeah. you'll be able to see them. One is the stable. One, this is Jesus with people. We should have put it's a beard John the on Baptist. Jesus. Well, he oh. kind of has a beard. Okay, you're, want, you're wanting to watch <laughs> Jesus working with the people. You're going to see after he gets baptized, you are going to watch him working with people. Watch for that. Like you want to notice that part. And the last one you're watching for is the cross. It's the crucifixion. Okay, so the birth, the ministry, and the crucifixion of Christ is what you are looking for in chapter 11, which in your mind you're like, wait a minute, what does that have to do with the path and the rod? And the river and the midst and the and the mist and the building. And that is exactly what you want to be watching for. These three things, birth, ministry, crucifixion, are going to become the most important part of the dream. And we're going to talk about that next week. But it will be helpful if you've read both next to each other before we jump into the conversation we're about to have. Yeah, just start doing it. And this is the key phrase that you want to look for is the condescension of God. They all are around kind of that central phrase, and that's what we're going to be focusing on um, next week. Um, but it's they're connected to each other because until you learn that this is actually a vision about um, families and groups of people coming closer to Christ, like that is where the vision actually starts to take root and like where you're like, oh, now I can see myself in here. Now I can be a part of this vision. Now I see that why I'm what I'm longing for for other people is for them to have that same type of relationship and experience and you yeah. know and connection and so it's a it's a beautiful vision it's so awesome again it's kind of like the book of Revelation that we ended with mm -hmm. in the New Testament where so it's we're just like good, symbolic we're ready. yeah, yeah we're, we're ready like, to <laughs> figure it out because we've learned how um, before we end I forgot there's two other housekeeping things we need to do. Um, we try and watch our emails really closely. So if we get a large number of the same question over and over again, then we will try and address it in the newsletter or here. And there were two questions that you asked. One is you're looking for the promises. The link actually really is in last week's newsletter if you click on the word link. Um, but so many of you are having a hard time finding it. We're going to put that link back in this week's newsletter and I'll try and make it really like so easy that you can't miss that it's there. And then the other thing we should talk about really quick is who wrote the intro of the book. Oh, the title page? The title page. Okay. The title page, I misspoke and said it was written by Mormon, but it might be. We don't but know. But we just don't know. Most people think it was written by Moroni because where it was found in the plates. Um, there's some scholars that think Mormon wrote part and Moroni wrote part. There's of some it. that and think so... Moroni wrote part, stopped for a while, came back and wrote the rest after. Um, so we don't really know a lot about who wrote um, who wrote that, whether it was Mormon or Moroni. Um, but, and as you research, and you have been researching, good job everybody who has researched their stuff in um, the history of the church. Um, there's a group at BYU of professors who got together and they were like, this is what we think maybe who wrote it and this is why we think that's who wrote it. Um, we don't really know who wrote it, 
uh, what we do know is at the top where it says the Book of Mormon, an account written by the hand of Mormon upon plates taken from the plates of Nephi um, is what we were focusing on last week, which was to talk about this was a work that Mormon really did put together. We talked about the 36% of it was written by um, Mormon, and that title page is just going to be a mystery until we get to heaven. Yeah. But let's think about this. It's awesome to try and like work through some of that, like who wrote it and stuff like that. But I think the heart and soul of it is were those intentions that he had, right? One, that he's going to do great things in your life. Two, that you are not cast off, that he is going to keep on remembering and keep on reaching out. And three, it's a testament of who he is and what his character in nature is like. And you love that he says he's going to convince you of that. Like... I love that. He is going to pursue you. Um, he's not just going to let you be like, well, she doesn't look that interested. So I love that he's like, no, I'm going to convince you who Jesus Christ is. And that's kind of the nature of Jesus Christ, right? I'm going to go off into the wilderness places, into the rocky places, into wherever I have to go. I'm, I'm going to pursue that lost one and I'm going to bring them back. And you just, I love the power of the words, the great things. Um, that you're not cast off. I'm going to convince you. It's just, there's power. Yeah. And, the, and, the, and this vision is one example of it, right? You don't just find him at the tree, but you find him on the path. He is the path. He is the rod. He's with you in the journey and experiencing this. Yeah. And then know, he's going to be the tree. And then he's going to be the tree also. Yeah. Right. Which isn't the end of life, right? Each of us can experience the tree and the fruit on a daily basis. And over that's what and the vision is showing us how to experience him. Try this week focusing on relationship more than routine and all the things that you do that are churchy, right? Yes. Relationship yeah, over routine. Yeah, relationship over routine. And you know what else might be fun? It's just to throw in one extra verse to study Deuteronomy 2, 7, which is also going to be about a man in a wilderness experience and what he learned about the tree or Jesus. Yeah. Uh, that'd be a really good companion scripture to this. So okay. that's all. Remember next week, don't panic at 6 a.m. when the video is not there because something <laughs> really fun is about to happen and it'll be out that night. And we'll give you a warning. We'll remind you on our Instagrams. Um, if you want to follow us, we kind of keep you up to date there. And then it's going to be so fun. Next week is going to be so fun. Okay. See you then. This audio was taken from a YouTube video from our YouTube channel. You can find us on YouTube at Don't Miss This. Also, sign up for our newsletter at don'tmissthisstudy.com and you can follow us on Instagram at Emily Bell Freeman and at Mr. Dave Butler. Thanks for listening. Bye.